Thanks so much for joining us today, Senator Burgoyne. I, I wanted to start by asking you, what are the issues that you think the legislature absolutely has to address before adjourning, besides the constitutional mandate and setting the budget? Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to just say about the budget. First, we have the state budget to deal with, and then we have the federal funds, the um, American Recovery Act plan uh, to deal with. Uh, and we can talk more about that later, perhaps, but it, it could be a huge game changer for the state of Idaho in a very positive way. And uh, so um, budgetary issues are huge, um, but uh, probably at this point, uh, the biggest um, legislation that we need to resolve in order to adjourn uh, is um, taxes. Uh, we have the um, House passed uh, state income tax uh, cuts, uh, which the Senate has now uh, put into its amending order. Um, I think there's a, a disposition uh, in the Senate that uh, a different approach of some type needs to be taken, whether those are minor tweaks or whether that is uh, something major is uh, yet to be seen. Uh, but um, I think uh, there'll be a lot of uh, discussions and activities surrounding that in the Senate and uh, how that comes out and whether we're able to reach agreement with the House will be uh, the primary uh, determinant about when we adjourn. And, and I do want to talk about budget issues, but you know, income taxes aren't the only concern of Idahoans and lawmakers. I know that property tax has been a big concern for you as a, as an elected official. Efforts don't seem to be going anywhere this year. Are you confident that the legislature can start to make some progress on property taxes over the summer? Uh, one of the things I think I've learned in life is that deadlines matter and deadlines are helpful. Uh, and um, we are now beginning to get up against deadlines. Uh, not only do individual legislators have a need to wrap up this session, but our constituents have a need for us to wrap up this session. And that political reality uh, is hitting home now. And uh, so these deadlines are going to force us uh, to come to grips with things uh, that frankly through the rest of the session have kind of gotten kicked down the road. And so we are going to come to grips with taxes. We have to. We can't adjourn without it. And we're not staying here until June or July. So um, uh, it's going to get resolved one way or the other. Um, property taxes are a huge issue. And there's a broad consensus in my area across the entire Treasure Valley that what we need to do is expand the homeowner's exemption and pass a circuit breaker bill. Uh, that will provide tax relief to Idaho's most vulnerable citizens and everyone else. And that tax relief needs to be focused on residential properties uh, where we have unique factors that are um, simply making it impossible uh, for people to afford their property taxes. Um, now that can be done in a number of ways and I'm gonna keep as open a mind and be as flexible as I can be. If we can cut income taxes in a way where everybody from the bottom of the income scale to the top of the income scale um, uh, sees meaningful relief, then Idahoans will have more money in their pocket with which to pay their um, property taxes. Uh, my preferred method would be to address property taxes directly. 
but um, other people in this building have other ideas. And if we want to help our constituents, uh, we have to be as flexible and as accommodating to those other ideas as we can be. And I have to say some of the people in the building with other ideas are pretty important when it comes to tax policy discussions. And I'm thinking, of course, of the Senate local government and taxation chairman and the House Tax Committee chairman. Um, so how, how do you, after discourse this past session over property taxes and the proposal which died in the Senate to cap local government spending, do you think that that reset the discussion in a productive way or are you still that much further from coming to a consensus? Well, I, it's very hard to tell at any given moment how close we are to uh, achieving agreement. Uh, consensus uh, is something I think uh, at least I always strive for and, and other legislators do too. On the other hand, uh, we do see tax policy passed uh, through the legislature uh, without a consensus uh, and a simple majority. Sometimes Republicans and Democrats are able to together, get together and, and sometimes not. Sometimes uh, Republicans are able to get together with each other and sometimes not. Uh, and the same can hold true for Democrats. So um, it's, it's just a little early. I think sometime next week, we're going to begin to see what might be possible in the Senate uh, about uh, tax policy. Senators are going to have to work out that issue amongst themselves. And then um, once the Senate has worked out those issues amongst themselves, they've got to get together with the House and see what we can accomplish. Um, obviously, there are some key points. How much money can we afford um, to uh, spend on tax cuts? Um, I am more bullish than I've ever been about that. Um, I'm, I'm generally of the view that we should have relatively little in the way of tax cuts uh, and have always opposed tax increases. Um, but um, with the 5% holdback uh, that, the gov uh, that Governor Little imposed and other factors, including growing revenues despite the pandemic recession, um, we have been sitting on an enormous surplus. And while some of those monies have gotten committed through the course of this session, and that surplus is somewhat smaller now, we can well afford to provide the kind of tax relief that residential property owners need, for example. Not everybody agrees with what I just said, and they're going to have a more constrained view of our budget and more worry about what might happen in the future with respect to uh, whether there are going to be further economic problems that impact Idaho uh, and uh, constrain the budget. But we, I have constituents who are losing their houses today, and I am not prepared to see my constituents lose their homes today because of worries, theoretical at this point, about a recession in two or three years that might constrain our revenues. We'll have to deal with that then. So I'm, I'm prepared to be fairly bullish about the amount of money that we put into uh, tax cuts. You know, and as we're talking about revenues, you brought up the federal ARPA funds that are going to be coming into the state between the surplus ARPA and House Republicans' concerns with 
how the budgets are being presented right now. Multiple budgets have been voted down. Where are we with budget setting? Well, uh, the JFAC members and the JFAC staff have been working hard on ARPA. Uh, we have, um, as have individual legislators. Um, and um, for example, uh, my, my intern and I have been working very hard on our own to figure out ARPA. And uh, we've been getting assistance uh, from the Division of Financial Management and uh, from the JFAC staff on that. And I think we're on the cusp of, of being able to make those decisions. Uh, the one thing that I would say about ARPA is uh, we need some very high level, very intensive and very strong community involvement decision making on this issue. We need to be reaching out to the people of Idaho and being sure that we understand what the needs of the state of Idaho are. As you know, Capitol building, we tend to um, uh, have present in the building or talking with legislators and other government officials, the professional class of interest groups and lobbyists and other politicians and they have a view of the world. But one of the things that always concerned me about Idaho is that we um, are a low wage state. We have a lot of people who do not make much money and um, it's a serious problem for them and it's a serious problem for our state. And the ARPA money um, provides an opportunity for Idaho to change this paradigm, to really create a growing, thriving economy, not, not just at the top end, but at the bottom end as well. And when we hear um, of statistics about our economy, we usually talk in averages and people who are doing very well drag those averages up. And we forget that there are people who are still living in the 2008 recession, who never have really gotten out of it. And uh, the ARPA money provides us an opportunity to really change what is going on. And just one example, and I, I'm not saying that Idaho doesn't need to spend its own money on these problems as well, but the federal money with even with restrictions are going to provide opportunities to create a meaningful public transportation system in the Treasure Valley. And that's going to save transportation dollars for the state of Idaho, because if we don't get a meaningful tr uh, public transportation system in the Treasure Valley, uh, we're gonna be looking at having to spend billions of dollars on new highways, new roads, maybe a new freeway. And um, so uh, that road is going to be a very expensive road. And so yes, state money and the ARPA money put together could, could be a game changer in the Treasure Valley. And if you create a meaningful public transportation system, then people of modest means can, can reduce their commuting costs very substantially. And um, there are other parts of Idaho that could benefit from uh, meaningful public transportation improvements. Uh, the Eastern Idaho cor Corridor, um, the, the Magic Valley, uh, up north in the Panhandle in the Coeur d'Alene area, all of these places could. I mean, my goodness, Ketchum, Idaho is a, a, a fairly small community and it's got a wonderful uh, a bus system. And uh, so um, even uh, all our communities can benefit from this. It's just one example of where we need to be reaching out, figuring out what the state needs. Uh, an opportunity like ARPA funds does not come along very often, but it has come along. And we can argue, and, and we do, about whether that was an appropriate way to spend federal money. But for the people of Idaho, 
the money is going to land here and it is up to us to make sure that we get full value from it, that that opportunity not be wasted. Since you brought up transportation, I wanted to ask about the House uh, sponsored, the Representative Joe Palmer, chairman of the Transportation Committee, put forth another transportation spending proposal. It passed the House with a lot of support, including from your Democratic colleagues in the House. I remember a time not too long ago when Democrats were pretty adamantly opposed to spending general fund money on transportation needs, concerned that it would compete with education in the state. What's changed and is that a, a view that you share with your uh, House colleagues? You know, there's a reason why um, legislators should not come and take up residency in the Capitol building on a permanent basis. I've been here a long time and I dug in my heels early about um, not using uh, general fund money, uh, which the schools compete for, Medicaid competes for, now transportation is competing for. I did not think transportation should be funded out of general fund money. I felt that it should be a user pay system and it should be funded by the people who use it. But um, newer legislators Democrats and Republicans come to the legislature and they have different ideas. And that's as it should be. Um, and um, so I um, recognize that this battle over whether to use general fund money for transportation or not is a battle that's been fought and fought by me and others and lost. And uh, we have to move on. And I think my colleagues in the House are probably just looking at reality. And um, so um, Idaho Democrats are very committed uh, to infrastructure development of this state. And I can't fault my colleagues for wanting to take care of our transportation infrastructure. Do I think there are better ways of paying for it? I do. Um, ha have I prevailed on that issue? I haven't. Um, am I going to be a stick in the mud on this issue uh, uh, for more time? Uh, maybe to some degree, uh, but um, we're going to have to recognize that to meet the transportation needs of this state, the money's got to come from somewhere. The general fund has been growing. It has not been growing fast enough to keep up with our needs in education, and that's one of the reasons our property taxes have gotten so high. Um, and so there are consequences to these uh, decisions to use transportation dollars. Uh, but um, Idaho Democrats, uh, Idaho, uh, whether we are rural or urban, uh, ha definitely have transportation needs. Um, the inequities in our transportation system continue to trouble me greatly. We've had the trucking industry over the years admit that they are undertaxed, that they do not pay their fair share. And yet we cannot get a meaningful uh, tax on trucks uh, to help uh, pay for uh, transportation. That's a long story. Uh, suffice it to say uh, that until and unless we do, uh, our transportation system can't pay for itself. Senator Grant Burgoyne, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. It's nice to be here.